At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. In my recipes, I always kind of aim to make people excited about putting vegetables at the centre of the table. And I think this recipe really does that. It's something that looks amazing once you put it down on the table. Hi, this is Play Me A Recipe and I am Anna Jones. I am a cook and cookbook author, in fact an author of four cookbooks, my latest of which is One, uh, Pot Pan Planet, which is a book that brings together easy to make, unreasonably delicious food and um, cooking in a way that is sustainable and conscious. Um, and today we're going to be cooking a dish from that book, um, my Sargaloo Shepherd's Pie. So the recipe for my Sargaloo Shepherd's Pie is in the show notes. I'm going to be cooking along here with you. So jump in and out, pause to stop, to cook along with me. I would love that. So this recipe, when I came up with it, was kind of a bit of a, it was a bit of an experiment, really. I, I knew I wanted something really, really comforting to put on the table for my family. I'd been cooking, you know, a rajma masala, or I'd eaten a rajma masala recently, which is a thick, um, kind of red kidney bean based curry with lots of spice and a really thick kind of tomatoey gravy. And I decided that I thought that would be a really, really great base for this recipe. And then on the top, I didn't want to just go with, you know, your classic kind of mashed potato. I wanted to kind of mix it up and bring in some of those Indian flavors. So I took kind of two British Indian curry house classic dishes, one which is sargaloo, which is obviously potato and spinach, and one which is aloo gobi, which is obviously potato and cauliflower, both, you know, delicately spiced. And I kind of reworked that into a sargaloo gobi, so crispy, you know, kind of waves of mashed potato, um, mashed cauliflower, and then pops of spices and spinach on the top. We're gonna to cook together here in my Hackney kitchen in London. It's a sunny but really windy day outside, so if you can hear a bit of wind, that's why. I'm gonna talk you through all the things that we need for our Sargali Shepherd's Pie. So first of all, we need some oil, um, that can be ghee, that can be coconut oil, basically something that you can take to quite a high temperature. We have got just one regular brown onion, four cloves of garlic, a nice thumb-sized piece of ginger, a green chilli. I've got the long, thin green chilies used in kind of Indian cooking. Then we've got some spices, some ground turmeric, some chilli powder or flakes. I'm using flakes today. Some cumin seeds, one of my favourite and most used spices. Also some garam masala, which is a kind of Indian spice blend. It varies 
from family to family, from region to region in India, but it's a mixture of spices, usually some cumin, some coriander, some turmeric, some black pepper and some kind of chili. Um, there's lots and lots and lots of different variations that is by no means, you know, the garam masala, but I make my own, but you can easily, easily, easily buy it. And if you can't get your hands on it, then some curry powder would stand in. We've got two 15 ounce cans of beans. I like bolotti or pinto beans in this recipe um, because I like the kind of, you know, deep richness they have. You could use navy beans, you could use butter beans, you could use, um, you know, even, even a garbanzo bean in this if you liked. And then we've got some, so we're moving on to the topping now. So then we've got some small kind of red skin potatoes, about two pounds, a nice cauliflower with the leaves on. We're going to use the leaves, so don't, don't take those off. And then we have got some nice spinach here, about seven ounces of baby spinach, or even the long spinach with stalks is great too and a recent addition, which actually is not in the recipe book, but I have decided I love in this dish is one unwaxed lemon. So one of the things I love about this recipe is you don't need loads of equipment. We need one pan that I use a cast iron one that can go from kind of hob to oven. So less washing off and that's what we're gonna cook our shepherd's pie in. Um, I've got like a sort of 28, 30 centimeter cast iron one here. Then we need another big pan that we're gonna boil our potatoes and cauliflower in. We need a microplane for our lemon, a wooden spoon or spatula, a knife, a chopping board, and maybe a sieve for washing your veg. And I think one of the important things here and one of the observations I made in this book, and that's why I based it all around one pot cooking, is that actually a lot of the energy we use at home is used in our kitchen. So if we can reduce the amount of kind of, you know, appliances, heat sources that we turn on and then reduce the amount of washing up that we have at the end of cooking each dish, we're kind of reducing our load on the planet as well. So it's not just about, you know, the food we buy, the kind of procurement, the ingredients. It's also about the kind of cooking processes, the amount of washing up each dish creates. Yeah, it was a really interesting dimension of sustainable cooking I'd never really thought about before writing this book. So we're gonna start off with a little bit of kind of prep. We're gonna prep the stuff for the rajma and masala base first. Um, and then while that's cooking, we'll, we'll get on with the sargali topping. So I've just got one onion here. I'm just gonna peel and chop this. So the rajma masala base, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of cook down a few aromatics, the garlic, the ginger, the onion, and then it's gonna have spices and beans and our tomatoes in there to make a thick, delicious gravy. So we want to chop this onion, you know, into a fine-ish dice, not super fine. So, pan's going on. And I am just going to add about a tablespoon of coconut oil. We're just gonna let that pan heat up a little bit. My onion's going into the pan, and we're just gonna let that cook for 10 minutes until it's soft and sweet. You don't want loads and loads of colour in it, so you want this pan on roughly medium heat. 
I've got a mixing bowl right here and I find it so useful when I'm cooking to have a mixing bowl next to me so I can put all the kind of odds and ends from my cooking that either go into my Ziploc bag in the freezer or go into my compost. So next is the garlic. We've got four cloves. I'm just going to use the edge of my knife. So put the edge of my knife flat on the garlic and then use the heel of my hand to really carefully tap the garlic that loose, so that loosens the skin and then the skin comes away really, really easily. I'm the type of cook that likes to kind of, I don't prep absolutely everything before I get started. I write my recipes so there's kind of a choreography to them so that you're not wasting any time. I like to kind of get the first thing on and then prep a couple of things while that's cooking rather than kind of, you know, have everything kind of chopped and ready in little piles beforehand because I feel like in some ways that means that you actually waste, you waste precious time and who's got time to waste? So I'm just chopping my garlic really finely, well not really finely, quite finely into rough slices. I think here, you know, sort of, it doesn't need to be super fine, your garlic. I think kind of thin slices or a rough chop is really good. You just want that flavor kind of going all the way through, all the way through your base. So the chili, I am gonna try this chili. And the key thing when you're trying a chili is to try it a bit with the seeds in. If you just chop off the end of the chili, um, it's not gonna be very hot because that's not where the seeds are. And so to get a sense of how hot your chili is, you need to try a bit from kind of the fat middle of the chili, see how hot it's gonna be. So that's got a kick, this chili. I'm gonna use about two thirds of this chili because I want some spice, but I don't want it to blow everyone's heads off. So yeah, that's where you have to use your kind of cooking instincts. Don't add a whole chili before tasting it and checking on how spicy it is. So next is the ginger. I'm just gonna cut away the skin. I mean, some people use the skin. Sometimes if I'm feeling lazy, I don't peel my ginger and just use the skin too. And it's perfectly fine um, to do that. But yeah, if I have taken all the skin off ginger like this, I quite often stick it in a hot, you know, in a teapot and make ginger tea with it because it's still got loads and loads of flavor. If you want to, you can grate this, you can use a ginger grater. Um, obviously, a little, the back of a teaspoon is a great, great, great trick. Um, for peeling ginger, it means you take less of the skin off and so you waste less. So I'm just chopping this ginger into little matchsticks and then again into a kind of pretty fine dice. It doesn't need to be a paste. I quite like the little hits of ginger you get when you have a little pop of the ginger kind of through this base. So you don't need to chop it super, super fine. But yeah, chop it as much as you can and then you can use a kind of rock chopping technique to kind of, yeah, get it into smaller bits. Okay, so our onions are looking really good now. They've nicely kind of softened and sweetened. They've started to kind of just brown a tiny, tiny, tiny bit, but not really pick up any color. So I'm gonna use my trusty dough scraper to pick up the garlic, ginger, and chili, and that's gonna go in with the onions. So we're just gonna give that a 
stir around for a minute or so. You just want this kind of ginger and garlic to lose its rawness and kind of, you know, just to release its oils. We put this for sort of on a medium low heat for about five minutes until, you know, it softens nicely. So on to spices. We are going to add about a teaspoon of ground turmeric. We're going to add about a heat teaspoon of whole cumin seeds. You can bash these if you like. I don't tend to. Um, I like the pops of some whole cumin seeds through this. And then a heat teaspoon of garam masala and a really good pinch of dried chili flakes. If you were using ground kind of chili, I would add about half a teaspoon here, depending on how hot you like it. Um, so I'm going to allow those spices to toast with the onions and the aromatics for a minute. And then we are going to add the rest of our Rajma Masala ingredients. So I've got two tins here of bolotti or pinto beans. I'm adding them with the liquid. And I'm going to take one of these cans and I'm going to fill it with cold water from the tap. And that is going to go in as well. I'm then going to add my tomatoes, so just one can of diced tomatoes and I'm going to give that all a stir and just let that come to the boil. And that is going to cook for about 25 minutes until kind of thick, flavoursome and delicious. And so that's going to cook for about 25 minutes. So I've added the tomatoes, we're going to add a big pinch of salt and a good grind of black pepper. I don't add black pepper in all my dishes. I think we've come to kind of accept it as this kind of generic seasoning that goes with everything. And I think there's so many spices out there. I don't know why we always have to add pepper to everything. But in this instance, and in anything with turmeric, I think black pepper works really, really, really well. So we're going to leave this simmer away for 25 minutes. And in the meantime, we're going to get on with the sargaloo topping. So we're back and let's get going on this topping. So I boiled the kettle, I put the oven on at 400, 200 if you're a centigrade person like me. And I've got two pounds of red skin potatoes here, which I'm just chopping into kind of golf ball sized pieces. If you've got small new potatoes, there's no need to chop them. Um, I've just got slightly bigger ones, so I'm chopping them up so that they are an equal size and they will cook evenly. So those are just going into a big pan with a nice big pinch of salt. I use sea salt, I use Hanmon Welsh sea salt. It's from Anglesey, it's made by my good friends um, from the same island as my husband. I love it, I think it's, in my opinion, the best salt. So I'm just gonna pop these potatoes on to boil. They can just go on high and come up to the boil. And we're just gonna cook them for kind of 15 minutes until they're almost cooked all the way through and then we get that cauliflower for the last five minutes. So I'm just going to prep the cauliflower now. This is actually, some of the leaves are a little bit muddy, so I'm just going to give it a wash. And I'm just going to 
cut um, the kind of leafy base away and then I'm going to cut the cauliflower in half and then I'm going to use my knife or you can just use your hands to break it up into kind of, you know, sort of small-ish florets. Um, it's going to be cooked um, with the potatoes so you don't need to worry about it being super perfect or consistent. You know, some slightly bigger bits will be crunchier, some slightly smaller bits might disintegrate in with the potatoes and just turn into a lovely sort of cauliflowery mash. So that's for the head of the cauliflower cut into reasonably equal florets. Now, do not throw away the stalk. So the stalks of cauliflower and broccoli are actually some of my kind of favorite bits of the vegetable, actually. I love a broccoli stalk. I think it's just got a real kind of like crunch and freshness. So I'm just finally slicing the stalks. Turn my potatoes down because they are bubbling away. I'm finally slicing the stalks. Um, and that's just gonna go in with the florets. You obviously wanna slice it reasonably finely because the stalks are a bit tougher than the florets, but absolutely do not throw that bit away. Equally with the leaves, I'm just gonna kind of roughly chop. I'm gonna get rid of the really kind of sinewy sort of core bit. Then I've, I've washed these leaves and these leaves are perfectly good and delicious. So they are gonna go in with the cauliflower and they will actually go crispy and crunchy and have really, really nice texture. So those potatoes have had about 10 minutes now. They're looking kind of nearly cooked. So I'm gonna go in with the cauliflower and the stalks and the leaves. I'm just gonna use a wooden spoon to kind of make sure it's all under the water. I'm gonna put a lid on the pan and then that cauliflower is gonna kind of cook steam for another six minutes. So yeah, it's all gonna be kind of delicious mashable potato cauliflower situation. So the Rajman Masala bean base has had 25 minutes. It is looking great. Um, it's kind of looking thick, delicious. It tastes really good. It's got a really great level of spice. Um, I'm gonna add a little bit more salt there because I just feel like it needs it. And I'm also gonna stir in half of our spinach. This has been washed, just baby spinach. You'd use big spinach that could be chopped up a little more if you've got the bigger spinach. And so the potatoes and cauliflower, potatoes are cooked for about 10 minutes, the cauliflower's cooked for about six minutes. I just need to drain these now. So I'm just gonna leave those draining in the colander. And we are going to Put this pan back on the heat. This is the pan that the potatoes and the cauliflower was cooked in. I'm going to add either some ghee or butter or even coconut oil. Um, and we're just going to kind of make a spiced butter here that then is going to be folded through the potatoes, cauliflower, and the rest of the spinach. I go with about two to three tablespoons of butter here. You want it to be delicious. And remember this is gonna serve about six people. So it's not like, you know, you're individually eating that much butter. So I'll put that on a kind of medium heat. Um, and then the spices that we're gonna add here are turmeric, 
and cumin seeds. So once the butter has melted nicely, which it nearly has, you can kind of hear it sizzling away. I mean, it just smells so good. There it is. No better smell. Obviously, if you're vegan, you can just use coconut oil or like a vegan butter here. I'm gonna add a heat teaspoon of cumin seeds. Again, I'm not bashing those, I'm just keeping them whole. I'm gonna add the same, about a heat teaspoon of turmeric. And this is gonna die on there, but a really, really lovely, um, yeah, a lovely kind of yellowy color. So once those spices are toasted, we're gonna put the cauliflower and potato back into that pan with the spiced butter. And I'm just gonna use a wooden spoon or a spatula to kind of turn all of this over in the spices, kind of color it and mash up those potatoes for a bit. You don't want it, like I want this quite textured. You don't want it like sort of like really smooth mashed potato you know, because, because the potato is quite well cooked some bits will just kind of mash up some bits will stay whole and that's what i want i want that kind of texture on top of this pie so all of the potatoes and cauliflower are turning into kind of like magical golden color obviously we had some salt in that water but we cooked the potatoes and the cauliflower in if i didn't say that i'm sorry but always salt your water people and so I'm putting a bit more salt in here because I think it needs it. And I'm actually going to add the zest of a lemon. Well, not the hot zest of a whole lemon. I think that would make it too lemony. But the zest of about half. This is a pretty large unwaxed lemon. When you're zesting lemons, it's important to have unwaxed lemons. Otherwise, you're just grating a whole load of wax into your dinner. And who wants that? I love lemon zest. I'm lemon zest kind of... Freak, I put it on everything. I just love the kind of sherbetty brightness that it brings, which I think is completely different flavor from actual lemon juice. But I am gonna put the juice of the lemon in here too. I'm gonna put the juice of the whole lemon. Turn the heat off now because this is looking really good. So we've got our topping, we've got our base. The last thing we're gonna do is add the spinach into the cauliflower and potato mash. That's what's gonna make it kind of sagalu ali gobi situation. We've obviously got some of the spinach in with the beanie base. Um, and that's what I think makes this kind of like almost complete meal. You've got your carbs, you've got your veg, you've got your greens, you've got your protein. So it kind of does everything guys. So we're just about to put the pie together. Before we do that, I wanna taste all the elements. Obviously it's really important to taste as you go along, as you're cooking, but the most important part of the tasting process is at the end, because this is where you get a chance to kind of correct. The potato and the cauliflower topping tastes really good. I'm getting that lemon coming through, which I love. The salt's good, but I'm just adding some pepper. That's what the sound of that crazy grinder is. My squeaky grinder. This is like, this topping is now kind of half mashed, half legitimate pieces of vegetable, and that's exactly where you want it to be. Let's taste the beans. You know, sweet, acidic, spice is good, so we're good to go. So I'm now just going to pile this beautiful kind of golden turmeric 
stained potato and cauliflower mash on top of our beans. I mean, the whole idea of this dish is that it's super rustic. It looks rustic now, but once it comes out of the oven and it's all golden and there's all, all the different layers of flavor and it's bubbling around the edges, it is gonna look amazing. So I'm just kind of using a spoon or a spatula to kind of spread that out. Now it's ready to go. You can drizzle the top with a bit of melted butter, or coconut oil, if you like. I felt like I was quite generous with the butter from the pan, but I'm not going to do that. But this now just needs to go into the hot preheated oven for about 30 to 40 minutes until filling is kind of bubbling and the top brown and crunchy and delicious. The pie is going in, in my big cast iron pan, into my oven at 400, 200 if you're talking centigrade, and that's gonna cook for 30 to 40 minutes. That's been about 35 minutes, I'm gonna check on my pie. Oh my goodness, it's looking great. That is ready beans and the gravy that they're in is kind of bubbling, bubbling, bubbling around the sides. The top is kind of craggy and golden brown in places. And then I know it's going to be kind of soft and mushy in the best possible way underneath. And the smell's coming off it. I mean, it is like that lemon's coming through, all those spices are coming through, that kind of deep savouriness you get from kind of roast cauliflower is coming through. I'm gonna go grab a bowl from my little cupboard of bowls and try some. Through that crunchy topping, let's go down and get some of those beans. You wanna make sure you get a bit of everything. I mean, this really truly is just a meal in itself. Um, I would be so happy with just this in the middle of the table, but if you wanted to serve it with something, then, you know, a really bright salad. So I'm thinking like herb salad with kind of parsley, coriander, cucumber, lots of fresh stuff or a cachumber. Yeah, which is kind of lots of herbs, mint, coriander, red onion, cucumber, and tomatoes, you know, just with a nice, um, yeah, squeeze of lemon juice. Mm. I just love this recipe. It's just got so much going on. Mm. Kind of unassuming. Looks like, you know, maybe the sort of turmeric golden top gives it away, but it looks like a kind of regular comfort food dish, but it is so bright. It's so interesting. It's so vibrant. There are so many different dimensions to it when you eat it. When I first cooked this and got it out of the oven and saw this crunchy, crispy top and smelt the smells, it was one of those recipes where I did a little kind of victory dance and I just knew, I just knew it. There's some recipes that you just know when you get them out of the oven that they are going to be an absolute banger. And then there's some recipes that you cook 20 times and still don't get right. And this, you know, this is one of those. And I just love it. I hope that you love it. I hope you enjoy cooking it. I hope you've enjoyed cooking along with me as much as I have enjoyed cooking along with you. So yeah, you can find the recipe in the show notes and on food52.com. Thank you so much for joining me on Play Me A Recipe. I am Anna Jones. Thanks so much.